Thank you, Grayson. That was amazing drumming. You got some skilled hands, buddy. Hi, guys. We're going to do another Heroes of the Bible story. This story is from the book of Daniel, and it's the story about Daniel and three of his friends. They lived a long, long time ago. Daniel and his three friends lived in the city of Jerusalem in the nation of Israel. And a king named Nebuchadnezzar from Babylonia was coming to destroy Jerusalem and take captive people from Jerusalem and take them back to his town of Babylon. Well, Babylon is about 50 miles south of Baghdad, Iraq today. But back then, Babylonia was a small country. But King Nebuchadnezzar was a very powerful king. He came to Jerusalem with his army and captured the city. He had one of his high officials take young men of nobility and from the royal family and bring them back to Babylon. We don't know how many young men were taken, but we do know that this is where the story begins for Daniel and his three friends. Daniel and his three friends, it is thought to be, were about 13, 14, or 15 years old. Can you imagine being that young and being taken away from your mom and dad and being taken to another country that you had no idea what it was like to live there? Well, that's what Daniel and his three friends faced. You may be wondering, why would Nebuchadnezzar want to take 13, 14, or 15-year-olds back to his city of Babylon? It said when they captured him, they looked for young men who were both physically fit, mentally intelligent, and could be used in the king's palace. So Ashpenaz was the guy who was in charge of Nebuchadnezzar's court who would be responsible for taking these young men and having them educated in the ways of Babylon over the next three years. They would be trained in various things, in studies in agriculture, architecture, astrology, astronomy, law, mathematics, and the very difficult Akkadian language. It was important to have these young men forget everything they knew about Jerusalem and their families. They wanted them to become Babylonians and to learn the Babylonian ways. One of the ways they did this was to change their names. Daniel's name was changed to Belteshazzar. His friend Hananiah's name was changed to Shadrach. His other friend, Mishael's name was changed to Meshach, and his third and final friend, Azariah's name, was changed to Abednego. By changing their names to Babylonian names, it was another way to try to get these young men to forget their heritage, where they had come from, from Jerusalem, from worshiping in the Jewish temple, from worshiping the one true God, Yahweh. That was the hope of these Babylonian leaders. However, we're going to see that Daniel and his three friends never forget the one true God. So let's continue the story. King Nebuchadnezzar had made abundant provision for these captives. Theirs was a life of luxury and not of deprivation, for they were given a portion of food daily from the king's own table. However, this food did not conform to the requirements of the Mosaic law, the law that these young men had been raised under back in Jerusalem. The Jewish law was very strict regarding which foods they could or could not eat. These young men recognized that the food they were about to eat from the king's table 
had been first offered to idols, some of it even sacrificed to idols, and that made it unclean for these Jewish young men to eat. So they asked Ashpenaz, the court official, if they could just eat vegetables and water and grain. And at first he was concerned that they might not be healthy if they ate that kind of meal. But they promised him they would eat just for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, if they did not look healthy, then they would eat the food from the king's table. Well, guess what happened? At the end of 10 days, these four friends looked better, stronger, and more healthy than the other young men who were eating from the king's table. We need to stop here and ask ourselves a question. Do you think it was difficult for Daniel to refuse to eat from the king's table? and to say, we cannot eat this food, we must eat the food according to our own law. I think that was a very difficult stance for Daniel to take, especially at a young age. But he had determined in his own mind that he was going to please God in all that he did. And that's what we have to do. We have to determine in our minds that we are going to please God in all that we do. We are not going to break his rules We're going to be obedient and do the right thing. Daniel showed that he was courageous, that he was determined, and that he was obedient to God. And we can be that way as well. Because if we're obedient to God, he supplies us with courage and determination. After three years of schooling, Daniel and his three friends were prepared for positions in Nebuchadnezzar's royal court. In actuality, They were really being prepared by God, for God gave them knowledge and understanding in many realms. Knowledge has to do with reasoning skills and thought processes. They were able to think clearly and logically. Understanding has to do with insight. This points up their ability to discern the nature of things clearly and to interpret them in their true light. With God's help, And through his years of instruction under able teachers, Daniel gained a wide knowledge of arts and sciences. But he had one area of special skill that no one else had, and that was his ability to understand visions and dreams. Daniel recognized that this gift of interpreting dreams was from God, and Daniel never took credit for interpreting a dream. In fact, he always told the person, I cannot interpret a dream, but there is a God in heaven who is able to interpret your dreams, and he is the one who will tell you what this dream means. So what character trait does that tell us about Daniel? He was humble. He didn't take credit for anything that he did. He always gave glory to God for his ability to interpret dreams because he knew that God was telling him what those dreams meant. At the end of their three years of training, the time set by the king, he examined Daniel and his three friends, and the king found that none of them equaled the intelligence and the abilities that these four young men had. They were wiser than all of the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and wise men who were in the king's service. Because these four young men were so intelligent and trustworthy, they earned a special position within the court of the king. Daniel stayed at Nebuchadnezzar's side and interpreted dreams for him and answered difficult questions for him. His three friends, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah, 
were appointed as satraps or governors over the provinces of Babylonia. So all three of them rose in rank and power within the governmental system of Babylonia. Years go by, years go by. Nebuchadnezzar dies and a new king comes to the throne. His name is Darius. Well, as you can imagine, having these young men who were Jewish within a Babylonian country, the Babylonians who were raised there and were within the king's court despised Daniel. They didn't like him. They wanted to remove him from his power to the king. But Daniel had always done everything so well that no one could prove anything against him. Even though they looked for ways to charge him and make him be guilty for something, they could find no charges on which to convict him. So they create a ruse, a way to make him thrown out of the king's presence. That ruse was that they wanted Darius the king to say that for a period of 30 days, no one would be allowed to worship anyone or bow down to anyone except King Darius that they would bow down to him and pray to him as a god. Well, Daniel refused to do this. And when Daniel found out that they had, the king had agreed to this and written it as an edict, edict was a law that once it's written into the Babylonian record and laws, it could not be discredited or erased. So Daniel would have to bow down and worship Darius as a god. Well, Daniel would not do that. He had always been faithful to the one true God, his Jewish God, Yahweh. And so he went home, went upstairs to his room, and he prayed three times a day, as he had always done, asking God for help and what to do. Well, these people who had arranged this law went and found him in his home, praying to the one true God in his upstairs room. And they brought him to the king and told him that Daniel had refused to bow down and pray to him. Well, the king had no recourse but to punish Daniel, even though he didn't want to. And so he was forced to be thrown into the lion's den because that was the punishment that was to be given to anyone who refused to bow down to King Darius. So the next morning they take Daniel to where the lions are, and they're in a pit, and they roll away the stone cover that is over the pit, and they throw Daniel down into this lion's den. And you've seen lions on television, how ferocious they are, that they can run after animals in Africa and chase down ibex and wildebeest and water buffaloes and bring them down and kill them and eat them. So can you imagine Daniel's fear as he's being dropped into this pit of lions? Well, if he's lucky enough not to break his leg when he falls in there, he might escape for a second before the jaws of the lions crush him and kill him. But do you know what happened? Daniel falls into the lion's den, or he's thrown into the lion's den, and the lions don't do anything. Their mouths are closed, and they sit there and they look at him. And they may snort at him a little bit, but they don't touch him at all. Why do you think that is? I think it's because Daniel was faithful to God his entire life, and did everything he could to be obedient to the instructions that God had given him. And it says in the scriptures that God closed the mouths of the lions and they did not hurt Daniel all night long. He sat in that lion's den all night long and the lions never touched him. I would imagine it was still pretty frightening for Daniel to be there with 
who knows how many lions, maybe four, five, eight, ten. We don't know exactly, but enough lions that they could have easily killed him and devoured him. Well, the next day, King Darius, who is so upset, runs the next morning and has the guards open the den of the lions. He calls out to Daniel, and Daniel is alive. Can you imagine how Darius felt that the lions had not killed Daniel? He had to be impressed. He had to know that Daniel was someone special if the lions had not devoured him. So when Daniel comes out of the den, he says, My God has protected me. Darius makes a new decree that everyone will bow down to the one true God of Daniel. So Daniel's God is glorified because of Daniel's obedience. Another thing we can learn about Daniel is his discipline. The discipline that he had to go to his room every day, three times a day, He prayed toward Jerusalem, the hometown that he had come from, that he had never forgotten about, and he prayed to the one true God. That was incredible discipline. And discipline is what we all need. It takes discipline to do everything well. Well, I hope you enjoyed this story about Daniel. His dedication, his courage, his discipline, his bravery. He was quite a guy. And I hope you guys become just like Daniel. Have a great day.